Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. It's Aurélien. Uh, I'm here with Glenn, glennsutherland.com and Darcy, darcywatt.ca. Uh, as uh, some of you may know, I've started an in-person event in London for real estate investing and the two first guests will be um, no one else but your host. So the first one is going to be Glenn, uh, September 14. Uh, that will be... Uh, this show will air after and then uh, Darcy will be our guest in October so nice that um, and maybe I'll have to adjust this to make this come out the next week sorry <laughs> maybe I'll have to adjust this so that this comes out just before it <laughs> oh that's a yeah. good idea yeah. for the audience yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a great idea and uh, yeah, so there's going to be a recording. If you decide you want to you want to do some coaching with me, you'll have you'll be able to have access to those recordings and those um, episodes. And uh, yeah, so excited about that. And um, so I went. Uh, so today is September fifth. Uh, it was after the long weekend, uh, and uh, I w- we went to the beach with friend of ours, and a friend was asking. So he has family that has now five rentals. Uh, they've talked to a real estate agent in London, Ontario. Uh, the numbers simply don't make sense. So his question was, where to start as a first-time investor? So I think there are several elements to this question and um, where to start. So in terms of uh, organization, so what do you do first? And then also, where do you want to invest? Where, where are the places you can invest? So I'm going to start. I have a few, uh, I've noted a few ideas down. Uh, I think it's important first to invest in education and a, a way to fast track your success is to either you can hire a coach, uh, listen to some free podcasts online, but hiring someone is good because you can have them as a sounding board or you can try to establish a, f- a, a relationship with a mentor, somebody who's ahead of you. And, and you establish a mentor-mentee relationship, you try to bring them some value. And in exchange, you can pick their brain on the different uh, projects you have. Um, I like the idea of a proof of concept. Uh, you can start with a smaller project to learn the different parts of investing in real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. That way you can close on a deal, get the financing, screen tenants, manage the renovations, collect the rents so that you get experience on a smaller projects with where where maybe the mistakes wouldn't be that costly so that you can you can you can you can learn as you do and uh, if you use the birth strategy and buy a property that requires renovation uh, you can refinance and go and use the proceeds of the refinance to uh, to 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 buy the next one and grow that way birth is a good strategy Buy stands for buy, um, renovate, refinance, rent out, and repeat. I think the refinance is after the rent out. Um, And the early steps of what what you need to do is identify a market with job growth. That's going to be a triggering population growth, which will make for a a good uh, investment situation where there is going to be a shortage of inventory. There is going to be more... um, people seeking housing than housing available. Uh, Look for a province or a state if you're investing in the US uh, that is favorable for landlords rather, that's gonna make your life a bit easier. And there is this criteria of the 1% rule. You want the rent to be, um, uh, you want, there is a ratio between the rent and the purchase purchase price. 
that so this this ratio is getting lower and lower because it's more and more difficult to find. But if you look at a website like Bigger Pockets, they issue uh, once in a while uh, an article where you can look at markets that where those this one percent rule applies. And and there are different schools of thoughts in terms of first product to buy. You can start by buying a house, a small multifamily. Uh, I personally started with a fourplex. And then you can make your mistakes on these smaller products and and and, and pay for those mistakes and, and learn that way. And I think you need to also establish a team. Uh, so once you've identified the market, you tell the brokers that you've identified as active brokers in this market. Um, you tell them that you're looking to grow a portfolio in that market. And then uh, you you find a, a good mortgage broker, you know, that comes with uh, good references, maybe your, your mortgage uh, your um, your uh, your real estate agent can give you uh, some tips of who to who to look up and interview them and make sure they they're going to be on your team. And then if you if you want to hire property management, don't want to do it yourself, uh, interview some property management companies. So yep. these are some of the initial thoughts that could uh, guide your your first steps investing in. Uh, doing your first step as an investor real estate investor. Like, honestly we could have come up with like i could go a million different directions <laughs> well that's your whole course isn't it like both of you have courses yeah but, i mean that's your you know where to start um yeah. what would be the critical steps you know yeah. well, all it, of these are important yeah well like he talked markets right we could even do a whole podcast on on just to talk to, we could do a whole series of podcasts just on figuring your markets out and where to go right there's so yeah. much to that um but I think the key that he said was educate. Um, and where my mind was, was educate or partner or both, right? Um, and partnering can be a really valuable thing to do, right? Um, because, a lot, you know, if we're, say we're talking about like a single family house, what I usually say is before you go raise money, go do a proof of concept, make sure it works, show a, one, a full rundown this is what it looked like when i got it this is what it looks like now this is what we did this is how we stabilized it this is all the whole thing and we're looking to do this again right um is so it, do it once yourself right before you, you partner yourself, do it yourself proof okay. of concept now you have something to show right yeah. um but even still i start because a lot of this comes back to like hey if i did this all over again what mm -hmm. would i have done differently um, and one of the things is that exact thing is tough uh, to do, um, because a lot of times when you use your own money, you use, we talked about this, I think last week or the week before yeah, yeah. you get lazy with your money, right? And you, you buy stuff, you just like, oh, I'm just going to use this as a sample. I'll figure it out based on this. And then my next deal will be better. Right. That honestly, I hear that a lot from students, right? I just want to get in. I'm going to buy something. It's not that great of a deal. Um, and then I'm going to work harder on my next one. If you are working with a partner, right? Um, you're going to have to produce for uh, possibly investors. You're going to have to uh, impress the person you're working with, even to partner, right? So it's going to force you to come up with something a little bit better, right? It's wow. Okay, that's mind blowing that you wouldn't work for yourself as hard as you work for others. You've experienced that. Yeah. From some of your students. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just couldn't leave money on the ground. I no, just couldn't no, do that. It is honestly true. It is one of the most common things. They're like, I'm just going to get, I'm going to go buy a turnkey. I'm going to do something easy off the start, get my feet wet. And then I'm going to start digging in and finding the good deals where people would actually want to invest in them. 
Okay. Totally. That is a terrible idea. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. That's how you do a one and done. It didn't work. So I quit. That may explain why I run into people at cocktail parties who say, like, I sound like I go to cocktail parties. I'm only using it as a, for instance, <laughs> I don't go to cocktail parties, but like you run into someone who says, I tried that and it sucked and I blew and it didn't work. Maybe that explains what they did. They didn't work very hard. Didn't give himself a chance to su succeed. Um, I, uh, sorry, I'm going to just check yeah. out and settle with that for a second and think about that. Cause that's mind blowing. And um, a lot of people who have come into my program from other programs, like people who do a bunch of education, sure. um, the most common thing that they, when they look at my underwriting and they go, well, where's the appreciation? I don't have it in there. Honestly, mm. when things were good and things were going up, um, it wasn't in my underwriting. When things are a little bit more unpredictable right now, um, it's still not in my underwriting. And Honestly, if you do that, it's um, it, it's people honestly trying to make something into a deal that isn't a deal. When they're when they're buying that, they're like, "Oh, this isn't so good, but this market gives us a ten percent appreciation every year. So if I f add that on to my other costs, then it turns into a really good deal." And um, people add all kinds of things. They tweak everything. If I could move the rent up this much. And they're pushing it beyond the standard and they haven't done a renovation. They just have the existing tenant. Like people will make stuff, force force a square peg into a round hole to make it into a deal in their mind because it didn't work off the start. Ooh. And what I usually am like, you have to make it work off the start and then work on improving it. Um, You can't, you're fooling yourself. And especially yeah. if you take any investors along for this ride, they're not gonna be ready for this, right? Um, If you're buying... Uh, a multifamily now, like, are you buying at the current cap rate? Are you buying where you think it's going, right? Are you buying based on, you know, you're going to do a short-term loan. You're going to do like a 24 or 36 month loan and gap funding and then rotate into a long-term loan. Are you factoring in that the interest rates could continue to rise, right? It should be in your underwriting. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I see is- That's a bit of advice, no, for, uh, for someone just starting out. <laughs> no, I know. Multi-family, yeah, agreed. But it's a mindset to start. Like you got to make the deal has to work from the beginning. It can't be something that's fixed in the mix down the way. So maybe the specifics. You're right. The mechanics of that and calculating it. But if you're going into it thinking that you're going to have to count on massive market appreciation, market I think your appreciation is a bit speculative. That's something it I'm is quite dumb. Yeah. I prefer to do a, a cash flow analysis rather than appreciation. So I'm 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 with you on that, Milan. Yeah. But what about like too? If you were starting over, um, just to start with multifamily, start with someone else who is already um, established and come in and help them, right? Um, maybe get yourself on the GP side to help them raise money. Well, explain what's the GP side because uh, maybe uh, people <laughs> are just starting out and you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but be on the side that's actually managing the project, the, not the work. not just a passive investor uh, where you're, which is typically the LP side where they're just putting some money in. They're going to do mailbox money where they're just going to collect checks every month. Um, where <laughs> be on the active side, right? Um, where you're actually you know running the thing and and bring the value, bring maybe learn how to raise money, learn how to do a gap that's missing in their business because um, everybody has a gap. Um, honestly, like my team just keeps growing because someone introduces themselves and they have some sort of trait that I didn't even know I needed. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> 
But honestly, it, it might be something that's a little bit more uh, predictable in these certain times. In all honesty, like that's why uh, I'm actively hunting for the big multis, or at least I consider them bigs. The you know uh, seventy-five to one hundred fifty units is what I want, right? Because I I think it's more stable, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in it, right? But to do that as your first project is not it, it's really it's not it's unattainable for your first project. But if you partnered with someone who's doing this and you found um, a synergy that could to work for this, I think that would be, I honestly, I wish I would have started with something like that, right? Um, would you have some tips for someone, you know, whose goal is to create their own portfolio? You know, they don't want to be a syndicator who okay, gotcha. uh, yep. brings in partners and money. They just want to create their own portfolio. What would be the the your tips for those people? Um, my biggest tip, when you're buying your first house, if you're buying something smaller, would to is as sad as it sounds, have an exit plan for the the project. How are you going to sell this? How are you going to refinance it? What is it going to look like when I refinance it? If that's my plan, have at least one exit strategy because honestly, um, that's what's been missing in some of these investors' plans is they're they have this. I'm going to buy this. It's going to appreciate at a certain rate, and I'm going to have lots of money in the future. But uh, it when is that? When does that happen? What's the exit? When's the timeline? Um, even whenever I do joint venture agreements, I make them all maximum five years, right? And then we will reevaluate. We will renew. We will doctor the the plans as we go. But have an exit scheduled, refinance, sale, um, a buyout whatever you want to do, but it needs to be part of the plan right from the start. And well, actually kind of leads into our next week's podcast. So I'm not going to jump into there, but it maybe I'll, Darcy, you go, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in as you guys, you come up with some thoughts. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't say we're um, straying different. You, I've went even further back. So when I was talking this over with Karen, we were discussing the uh, longtime listeners. No, Karen is my wife. Um, what I would do if I started over again, she said, well, would you do this? You would do that? I said, well, Here's the, here's the cheapest, lowest bar to entry. I would take all the free information I could possibly get. So your internet, I'm assuming your internet's free at your public library. So this bar is so low that you barely have to scrape over it to take a step. I'd watch podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, and join Facebook groups at your public library. It costs you zero. And I would spend at least 60 hours doing this. So this is very prescriptive. Stay with me. I'm like writing prescription for real estate I well, like that. I, I like, like it right? too. I'm, I'm... See how low this is? This bar is so low. Spend 60 hours watching everything. Watch Glenn's, listen to Glenn's podcasts. Um, listen to ours. Yeah. Uh, listen to anything in the market, whatever strikes your fancy, listen to it. All has something to learn. Either don't do that. Don't be like that. Think about what they're saying. It brings you on to other things. Second thing, so low bar. Attend one of these real estate meetups. Do a little search. Find mm. out in your local community. There's some kind of meetup where there's people talking about this now you'll find jackasses there and do nothings and blowhards but you'll also find people that are doing the work and you'll be able to sort one group from the other right away you could tell who's doing the work and who's not right find the people that are doing the work have a cup of that thin coffee and a couple of store-bought peerless cookies with them or sorry dares have dares because graham dares a friend of mine have a dare cookie with them support your support your friends um have a cookie, have a conversation and attend those for at least three months. Fine. It's free. Maybe they charge you 10 way, bucks. Yeah. You can attend 
one in London, Ontario. There you go. Yeah, check out Ari's meetup in London or uh, any of the GTA anywhere. I have a conference coming up too in October. October. There we go. There you go. See, there we go. So the bar is so low. Those things maybe pay ten bucks. Maybe it's a quarter of a tank of gas and an evening. Now you're into this for as much as a tank of gas and about sixty-three hours of your time, which is nothing. If it's ten thousand hours to be an expert, you're well on the way with these two events. Attend a conference. Now you're a couple of hundred dollars and an afternoon or a day. So now you've upped your hours to 80 hours or 70 hours of time, sorry, 70 hours of attention. Maybe you take somebody out from one of those conferences for a drink in the bar. Maybe you go for breakfast the next day or you find out where they're from and say, hey, do you have a couple hours for me? I'll buy lunch. I have some very specific questions for you. I'm curious how you got started, what I could learn from you. Write your questions down, stick to the topic and start right away. Don't tell the backstory about how you and your partner met. Don't tell them how you lost your job. Get your questions. Hey, get get to it because you've got, you know, they're on the clock. You've got 90 minutes of someone's expert time. And all that costs you now is you're at 74 hours plus travel time, one dinner and conference costs and whatever the coffee costs of the other things. So you're still less than a hundred bucks. You got 80 hours into this and you're probably further ahead than 90% of the people ever considered this this career and that's that's your lowest point i'll give you five books to read that you can get on amazon right now for less than 60 dollars canadian you want to get rich dad by kiyosaki you can probably buy a copy of that for eight bucks uh real estate investing in canada by don r campbell still relevant it's almost 15 years old the book is a handbook for every canadian that's ever done this uh buying a selling partner it's the best great books yeah you reach that board fantastic He's a fantastic about mindset and uh, the, yep. the the different asset classes. And then yep. Rich, Don Campbell is is the, the person who allowed me to to feel confident enough to take action. So that book is is a must. Absolutely. So these are addressing two things. There are specific skills. So Don Campbell's book, you just go chapter by chapter and do what he say, do what he say and compare it what to what other people have said. So it's a good sanity check to what someone on a podcast is saying, right? Um, Steve Burgess's book, Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings, it's from the 2000s. It's still, it's old. It's still relevant. It's the, it's one of the templates that I used. I'd read for Mindset again, The Millionaire Next Door, uh, Thomas Stanley's book, get the old version. It's better than the new updated version. The stories aren't any better. You don't learn any better. The old one's better and it's cheaper. It's about six bucks. Um, the Millionaire Investor by uh, Jennings and Keller um, is, again, a mindset book of how to rethink assets and how to rethink your business. Those five books, now you're 60 bucks, $160 in, plus your conference costs. Probably these books are going to take you 40 to 50 hours to read through. If you're less than 130 hours in, you're probably in the 95th percentile. And you haven't bought a property yet, but you're pretty relatively prepared for the first conversations. Um, and like Glenn, I'd partner up with somebody. I'd find a way to be useful. So either bring money, bring sweat, bring interest, do something. Get in on some deal, even in a small way, and experience the deal. Feel the weight of having to meet performance expectations to deliver on a property, deliver a full property, deliver on rental expectations to meet the statute and moral requirements of being a landlord. Make sure you can do that because some people are jerks. They think that this is an extractive process just to make money. You actually have to give to get. You have to give expertise to someone else and generosity to learn from them. You also have to give safe place for people to live before you get paid. You're the end of the line. Getting paid is the end of the line. There's a whole lot of give before that, before you get. Um, 
Then other real good things I would suggest, um, remove all your stupid, dumbass Facebook posts, the ones where you're crushing Coors cans <laughs> on your foreheads. Um, clean up your social media. If you're saying ridiculous, stupid, provocative things, erase it or erase that account. Start treating yourself like a business and like someone serious. Um, I would align your LinkedIn, Facebook, your email, all your contact information and all your socials into one coherent package that is clean, professional, and looks like you mean business. Take 30 days to do that. It takes about six hours to clean that mess up. On the side, I'd go in and clean up your credit scores. Make sure you don't have any outstanding loans or credit cards that you don't have that are going to mess up your credit. Because the only thing that you may be able to bring to the first deal is your credit, your good credit. You may not have money. You might be able to bring your good credit and your guarantee into deal. And if that's not clean, you're of no use to anybody. There's lots of people can go fetch coffee, but if you can't bring something of substantive value to the deal, you're not really useful. And that's just sloppy. Clean that stuff up and then start thinking strategically like a business. Once you start this process, think of yourself, you incorporated as a business and treat yourself like a business. Keep receipts, start journaling what your work is, um, take calls, answer your phone properly. Don't have a stupid answering service or a dumb thing like that when people phone you and roll their eyes. It makes me want to hang up. Um, and anyone serious will just hang up on that and go, this person's not serious. So clean yourself up and take yourself seriously. Um, this feels very prescriptive. I feel like a bit like an old oh, I like this. Jordan Peterson. It's, like, it's good. It's a, it's a lot of reference points. And I think yeah. also the other thing is don't get into paralysis analysis. You know, get going, take action. You learn yes. so much by doing do what uh, what uh, I think, you know, if we were to simplify it overly, you could listen to all the episodes of our podcast that you think are relevant in terms of investing in real estate. And there are many of them managing renovations and uh, yeah. how to close on a deal there. We, we've covered so many topics that are relevant to real estate investing. So look at those. And then read the books that uh, Darcy recommended and then take action. You learn so much by doing. Yeah, okay, this is you, honestly Ari, 90 days. Did you have any books to add, Ari? Sorry. Uh, I like the list and I I uh, I wouldn't add many more. Uh, yeah. Rich Sorry, put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm I about like the, the long distance real estate investing too. A lot of those bigger pockets books are really good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, my list is 90 days. Before Christmas, you could be ready to make a purchase in the new year. If you did this diligently, this is only 90 days worth of work and you would radically reform your life the way you think about yourself. I think you'll have a swagger. And if you, let's let's put the challenge out there. If you listen to this episode, you want to take action, you can, yeah. we'd be happy to hold you accountable and uh, you can share your progress. You know, if yeah. you want to email us, advance REI talk at gmail.com email us your progress and we'll we'll share it with the audience we, we'd love for you to to get going take those take those pieces of advice take action read those books listen to those podcasts spend the hours and then and then just do it and then keep us posted all right this is genius could this be the 90 day real estate challenge to get yourself fit and ready you know before christmas you know those things like by the end of september if you were doing calisthenics you'd have an amazing body you could have the 90-day real estate challenge to put yourself in shape. Send us a picture of you now. Do this work and send us a picture in 90 <laughs> days. And we will compare them side by side. And I'll bet you I'll bet you three things will happen. You'll be taller. You'll be more handsome. 
and you'll be more virile. Three and things I guarantee. Your, <laughs> put yourself in front of the first property you close on. Yeah, please, yeah, with your clothes on, please. It's <laughs> got to be front of you. Yeah, before with no property, 90 days later, standing in front of your first house, send the photo in. Honestly, I, I, I think it'll change your life. You know, if you do, do the right things often enough, it changes your life. It's an incremental process. That's, that's why we do this podcast, for you to take action and feel empowered so that you feel more confident and can take uh, houses down and projects down. And uh, Absolutely. We'd love, we'd love for you to be successful and, and create communities where it's, it's, it's a pleasure living in. It would totally. be awesome to do, like, even if someone, I challenge someone to do it. Somebody. Yeah. Even like, We'll even have you on the podcast. We don't have any guests on the show. We had one episode with four of us. And you, we going through this. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. Invite them on the podcast. <laughs> How did this work? Tell us. Maybe you'll come in and say, you guys are full of crap. It didn't work at all. I did everything you said. And look at me. I'm in worse shape than before. There's no way you could be in worse shape from doing a whole bunch of free stuff. <laughs> honestly, honestly, if you do everything we say, I will and come up in worse shape. I will write the saddest country Western song about your life and record it for you. <laughs> It'll be just the reversal of everything we believe in, and I will write the song. <laughs> I can do awesome. that. Okay, I think we. Yeah, it's been a longer episode, but uh, I think it's. Uh, yeah, I think uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, my friend will listen to it and will take, get value out of it. Uh, Mike, that was for you. And uh, if you have any further questions, please send them our, our way. We'd love uh, to answer them on the show. That's uh, that's uh, that's our goal. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Hey everybody. Thanks everyone.